Eric Veal with the AppsJack Capable Communities Podcast, and I am coming to you from Seattle, Washington, which is home of Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Boeing, and an incredible startup ecosystem that rivals Silicon Valley. Each episode, I bring on friends and guests who are executives and business leaders from the local community and around the world to talk about a topic that we find very interesting. Please enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, this is Eric Veal with the AppsJack Capable Communities Podcast, and this is a series about IT management. And for this series, I brought in a few friends from the local community and associates. I've got uh, Dave DeNoya, Don Alvarez, and Kafaya Dawood. And I'm very happy to have these people on the podcast with me. Dave is a former uh, co-worker at Microsoft. Don and I uh, collaborated together previously on a few projects and know each other through the local business community. And Kafaya and I are new, new friends. Kafaya used to work at Boeing for a really long time. And so I'm going to let each of them introduce themselves. And I'll start with Dave. Hi, uh, my name is Dave DeNoya, and uh, I've been working in data and analytics for about 14 years now. I uh, worked at big companies, startups, and consulting, um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited about uh, this podcast uh, for you, Eric. And this is Don Alvarez. I uh, started out in tech with a PhD in physics and three trips to the South Pole, uh, after which the obvious next step was to go work for companies like Disney and Microsoft and so forth. Uh, at this point, I'm doing a uh, startup building software for filmmakers that is a cloud-based uh, innovative architecture for that uh, space. Great follow-up for me. This is Kifaya Dawood. I used to work at Boeing for seven years, did a lot of customer relations support for the global airlines. Prior to that, I did sales and hospitality and marketing. I'm very excited about talking to you guys and learning more about it. And for the next couple of months, I'm sort of dedicating my time to sort of enjoying Seattle's summer. I have not been able to do that since I came to America about 17 years ago. So this is a great time for me. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. again, this is Eric Veal with the AppShack Capable Communities Podcast, and this is a series about IT management. Okay, for part four of our series on IT, and there, there could be more IT after this, but this is our first kind of collection of four set that we're doing as kind of a series. And so we, um, the one that we're going to get into now is the role of the IT leader, who is typically the CIO. Uh, we've, we've spoken in the past about how, or uh, we've decided before this that we're, we don't want to get into the role of the CTO, the C Chief Technology Officer, because we think that that is pretty domain specific. Like for Boeing, it's going to be you know, airplane technology. And so it gets extremely uh, science in a specific domain. Whereas the role of the CIO, at least as I understand it, is this uh, executive person who's interested in inf information, uh, information technology, the tools. So pretty much all the infrastructure that is required for a modern business to run. So that's the network, the phones, the software, um, and everything that's and and hardware. But every everything that that entails, and then it also gets into things that we covered in the last segment uh, that Don helped us cover and think about was like, is like the security angle. They do often, and I know that there is a role, the, the chief security officer, I believe, is also a role, but I think in some ways that's kind of a subset of the IT person, um, just because that's such a broad domain as we just discussed. And so um, we want to just uh, chat for 20 or so minutes here about the role of the CIO and 
I think for starters, I'd maybe take questions from Dave or Kafaya about what what do they think that the CIO should do? Like, what have their experiences been with these kinds of organizations? And I can tell you about a lot of my experiences having reported to CIOs and worked for uh, like the CIO organization inside the U.S. Forest Service. So I have a lot of experience in this area, um, but I guess we're just, again, just trying to explore the domain of of this leaderly person who is the CIO or the office of the CIO and all the things that they would need to do in a modern business to help enable the business uh, to use information technology strategically mm-hmm. while managing and mitigating the risk of just junky IT that gets in the way and uh, lack of innovation and, and uh, security issues like we've discussed before. Sure. So, um, you know, I have uh, a little story from an interview I was on. I was interviewing for a job a couple of months ago, and uh, it was a smaller place. And and my last interview was with the CIO. And, you know, my perspective is from data and analytics and the use of information. And and so I was really excited to be talking to the CIO. And I went in, you know, I talked a little bit about my philosophy on how information flows through the company. And I kind of got this blank stare back. And I was like, he's not thinking about that at all. You know, and to me, you know, I, and I was curious about what you have to say about this, Eric, because like, to me, I haven't, this is my first, probably my first time talking to a CIO. I mean, I, when I worked at Microsoft, there was a CIO, I would imagine, but I mean, I couldn't possibly have been more remote from them. Mm-hmm. And then at other smaller companies, we didn't have a CIO. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then I, so I finally got in front of one and I realized that he wasn't thinking about how information moved through his company. Wow. Uh, okay. And that was a kind of, a, I was a little bit horrified, but I'm like, obviously I'm missing something in how this role is perceived. Yeah, I think oh. I, what I would maybe label that person as is more the chief IT officer. So the I think the, they were formerly the CTO and then had okay. become the CIO okay. out of okay. necessity. Yeah. So clearly, you know, it's you know, there's there's a snowflake problem here where the person that has the title of CIO is the CIO. Therefore, that is the answer to the question: is it's Bob or it's sure. Susie or whatever. <laughs> so so that that's one part of the aspect, but. I think more, Dave, to your point, I think there's a, I know that there's a subtask, which would be the IT per se. So I think that's definitely, there's, there's two things we're saying here is, um, I think that this role typically, or at least used to report up to the CFO because it was seen as a cost center Correct. that you're spending all of this capital on. And this has totally changed because of subscription pricing in the cloud and whatnot. So there were capital projects that the that the company would have to undertake, and so they would buy new they phone systems. They had to buy a data center or something yeah, like but, that. Yeah, yeah, buy, buy a new phone system, buy all kinds of stuff, and so they're mm-hmm. dealing with IBM or or Dell or whatever, and they're buying all this stuff, and so they're this purchasing agent almost that is dealing with these vendors and buying this infrastructure and dealing with these consultants that are integrating and implementing the thing, but then I think it all stops there. I think that was their role, was that they would just kind of control the IT function, which is we, outside parties who aren't here and don't work here and are, have nothing to do with our company, provide us information technology. We buy it, they install it, or somebody else installs it, and then we might have a few staff who we employ who are these IT people, you know, like that everybody jokes about kind of that are the, you know, they're keeping the lights on on this stuff. And that is what the IT department was. And then in my experience, starting in 2000 and working for a company at that time of about a thousand people 
and they really wanted to start to use the web and the internet and whatnot. And so what basically happened because of software as a service is you could go and get these outside services and bring up your own server or what have you. And so you get this kind of shadow IT thing where people go out and buy their own tools and bring your own device or system or what have you. And so that becomes a part of what I would say, like the modern CIO role okay. definitely needs to think about what are the other things that people are doing with information technology. Tell me more about bring your own device. What am I going to do about that issue? So there's large and overarching issues that a modern CIO would need to consider. That So, so like if there were five things that they need to consider, one is vendor selection and the selection of technologies that get integrated, but there's so many other strategic and relevant things because of all the things that the IT creates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's so much more so to it. It also it helps me understand why, how um, you know, both myself and other folks that I know in consulting have run into the situation again and again where they're like, hello, we need the big data. <laughs> and you're just like, well, how, how could that be where you're at? But now that you talk about that they are th- yeah. they, uh, that is where it came from, makes a lot more yeah. sense. But yeah. it's something you like, run into all the time. For, I mean, this is not nothing a shocker from especially, you know, coming in from a 100-year-old company. So, like, a lot of the time is... Um, so I started, like, my own little, you know, mission of being crazy little researcher and said, okay, CRM Dynamic, what is it? And I kind of started looking into it. And I worked in... Um, company before that worked on a Salesforce. I liked it. I kind of sort of like that type of organization as a salesperson. It helped me to like, where am I missing? So then I could focus on that versus where am I missing 200 accounts of where can I find information? So I started that and then kind of starting to like notice how it would help the roles I was doing in with my teammates. We don't, for example, in my organization, say, you know, Boeing is giant companies everywhere is kind of operating in their own little world. I didn't even know who that information person, guy or girl is that's going to really drive this information through the company or outside the company, into the company, whatever their role is supposed to be. So then I had this great idea. I shared it. And sort of that's where it really exposed me to like, okay, I've taken off my, you know, eyes off of looking at aviation and airlines and how that job works and how that business, how that world works to like, oh, okay, there's entire sales analytic world and sort of finding opportunities and how to sell, how to manage themselves, how to capture customer information. And so that kind of became my passion because I'm highly interested in customer side of the business. And that's kind of my skill. That's my strength. So I didn't have CRM Dynamics. I didn't have Salesforce to deal with. So I was doing all of this sort of data in an old manual way. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's old-fashioned. Yeah, there, there's another big issue, kind of like like what we were just saying, as far as the CIO being this person that buys technology. Mm-hmm. And the reason, basically, that I'm doing this podcast and all of my meetups and just what I'm most passionate about is, is business process engineering, that before you should go out and buy a tool, you should have a clue of what your goals are and yeah, why you're what do doing you it. it what, what is the outcome you're seeking? Yeah. What is the problem you're trying to solve for? Yeah. You know, what is the business opportunity and so forth? And so there's a, um, an issue with, with just buying the, tech, buying the technology because it got sold to you. If yeah. you never have a vision, if your purpose is only to Correct. work with that vendor 
to ha- force your staff to use the tool. It just doesn't work. It just won't work. It, it won't, won't work. because there's just no vision and no tool is example? Gonna, Yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> it just a yeah, horrifying work. example. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, a company <clears throat> that uh, I was associated with, I think through consulting, but I also knew a lot of people there and, and got some insight uh, that, you know, it was... They had um, asked, they had a website, and their website was hooked up through uh, Omniture, right? Or, oh, sorry, what is it now? Adobe, my bad. Right, right. So uh, I was called by what I originally saw, uh, used it as. But so they were using the Adobe web tracking uh, uh, system and site catalyst, et cetera. And so at a certain point, they decided they're like, we should have access to... Um, uh, the most granular data, and you can do that. You can you can you can pipe it over, but they set up the wrong size pipe, um, and basically it didn't come. It, it didn't finish like yesterday's stuff didn't finish until two p.m. the next day, and then but they wanted, and then the, the idea was they had this idea that they were going to build everything off of that because oh, now wow. we have the most granular data that's built everything off of it, but then but their customers, uh, that, you know, internal, but their customers needed the stuff. Um, by they wanted it by 5 a.m. on the East Coast, I think, or 6 a.m. on the East Coast, or something, so people oh, could great. wake up and just see what happened yesterday. Now it turns out, like when you dived into it, like dove into it, uh, a number of things weren't, you know, available even until 10 or 1 p.m. Oh, like, great. but even even through other systems, you know, because there's a lot of different systems that things are coming from, and, and this is the, the biggest one, you know, at the most granular. It wasn't done until 2 p.m. Um, they didn't need that. Like they, the, the aggregate stuff that they had, that was fine for their reporting. So like the value of having the granular data was that you could have a data scientist look at it and look for deeper patterns, get into specific customer targeting, all these sorts of things. So it was just like, Hey, we need big data. We need the data at a more granular level. And then we're going to do everything we already do off of it. They created a whole set of problems for themselves that they didn't need at all and didn't solve the problem that they, you know, that that it could have solved that they bought. Yeah, and so, that's standard. I've seen that. I'll yeah. give you another brief one. Um, uh, built a, p- a tracking pipeline. Uh, wanted to switch. You know, there was a confusion. They thought they needed a second one, but it turned out they, they actually was a setting on the other technology, and they could have just switched it over to that. So they built a second one, and then they didn't match up two pipelines, which is very common. There's a lot of you know technical. There's a lot of re- there's a lot of reasons for that. So now they didn't trust anything. So now they have two full pipelines at the cost of I don't know hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, and they didn't trust either of them. So like I have the opposite of your information, right? So they like you you have information like you said forced into you say like okay everybody must use this information even though it is not doing what it's supposed to do it is not providing you solution for any problems you're having it is not fast or efficient I have spent eight hours eight hours I'm not kidding you and then I've spent two hours just downloading it waiting for it to be downloaded and no one sees yes you guys you know in technical world please laugh away because i tell my husband the same thing he just looks at me like that would drive me crazy it does i just don't express it but it does so like from what i understood from there like i needed to step away from so you know my sales and marketing side like look okay what do i need this machine to do for me yeah what do i what is it what is it i need them to i need to build me itineraries so I can get to my customers fast. Yep. So it looks nice. It is adjustable. It looks like what it, it gets and it's faster. But this system is enforced. The boss said to go this way or whoever implemented say to go this way. It went this way. The horrible part of this, I can't track any of my trend on it because it's not a database. Yeah. It is just a form. 
Right. So, so I'm the, putting uh, in, as I told you, I'm putting in customers that decision makers, data guy, your heart is broken. Uh, it hurts me. You're, yeah. You're, you're so like heart. I'm putting in customer information like name, title, company they're from. You'd like to see that again it's in some other information, context. It's yeah. information, like huge information. I have done it, like I'm trying to remember just because I did Tableau to like kind of track my world, six over 600 plus project management for airlines, 600 different airlines, 600 different aircraft. But I can't track it. There is no way I can track it. I can't go back to this system that is done, say, okay, let me track all of my customers from this region how many of them came? How many CEOs I came? How many CFOs came? How this, many chief engineers came? There actually, is no yeah. tracking it. So in this content, I'm in the place where, yes, information bought by so-and-so is enforced, but it doesn't do anything I needed to do, or for the company, for yeah. that matter. I, I, so I was going to say, I, we reported up in a group at uh, Siemens Ultrasound Division in, Ultra, in, uh, sorry, in Issaquah, I left there in 2007 or so, but the last couple of years I was there, we reported, I was in a group that reported to the CIO and also to the C, chief operating officer, who was also the head of quality and also in some ways to the head of HR. But we were, you know, it was like a team of executives that was like looking over what we were doing and our- Sorry about that, Yeah, by exactly. The way. It was fun. But uh, yeah, so a lot, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of uh, eyes on that. Uh, yeah, so so the purpose of our group or like the four pillars that we relied on was tools. So that's the IT side, right? Mm-hmm. Tools. That's the thing. Uh, methods, which is more process and how, like what are the ways by which we accomplish these goals? Okay. So that to me is this w- domain that is very broad, very so important. What, how? Like, Right, but the, yeah, so the, the methods is definitely the how, Okay. but so is the tools, is also okay, the yeah, how. They're okay. just flavors of the same thing. Um, and the overarching thing is business process is definitely the what, ultimately, of mm-hmm. like, what are we trying to accomplish? Um, the tr- training, so the pillars again, tools, methods, training, and metrics. Okay. So the training is you have to figure out a way to train these people that might not understand the information technology mm-hmm. about the information technology <laughs> and the process and the methods and all these things. And so okay. ultimately you're working with and dealing with people Yes. and you have to have strategies and methods and so forth to deal with that. Okay. And so you have a portfolio of tools, you have a portfolio of processes or your departments or whatever, like the scope of your business. You have a training program, which is like how you go about communicating and actually implementing these things. Correct. And then the metrics part is like how you would know that anything was healthy or successful or whatever, whether it's from the perspective of your IT or from the perspective of sales mm-hmm. or the perspective of operations or whatever. Yeah. So that was, I thought, a pretty well-organized thought process for that Absolutely. group. Yeah. And then the group in the group, I was like the, basically the IT guy within my group. So I enabled that group with all the tools and tech and whatnot to like make itself go. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of the infrastructure and like goo behind that group. And then each of the groups were, or each of the people in the group were basically internal consultants who were subject matter experts on their area of business. Mm -hmm. So Eileen Casper was her name, was an expert at the CRM system. Okay. And so Mike uh, Demery was the expert at the supply chain management system. And I was actually, Kathleen Rillier and I shared the product lifecycle management, basically R&D mm-hmm. um, group. And so the issue there is you have to have people who are basically business analysts or project managers yeah, or whatever understand the business. And yes. they have to be embedded and they have yeah. to understand the problems and they have to understand the people and they have to understand yeah. the systems. And yeah. so you have to understand all these things. And only then should you go and select and try to implement a system. 
Yeah. And doing that is also risky and risk prone, air prone and so forth. And so you need these experts oh, yeah. that do this who are probably the TPMs, the technology product or program managers yeah. um, that are implementing these systems and like basically running and controlling processes. And Amazon's been really successful with this with the TPM role. Um, but it's, it takes a really high bar. Yeah. yeah. And then the CIO is just also, this. If I, if I may, it sounds yeah. like a lot of people from a lot of different orgs had to work together to make oh, God, the decision yes. that the Correct. CIO yeah. made work. Oh, yeah. it's pervasive, And that means you have right? to have a healthy org that those people can to come have together and actually. a lot of collaborations. Actually, like, I think yeah. from... Like from my experiences, I've seen it. Like people don't want to learn new tools, and people are just rejecting it, fighting oh, yeah. it against it. Oh. And you have a creative, you know, PM person or IT person or you know, software engineer that's really trying to kind of. This can really make your life better if you just yeah. open to learning it, and you will have the opposite effect. And then sometimes you do have the things of like. For me, it was like one of the drivers of for me to really look into a new career is like. We've always done it this way. We've yeah, always yeah. done it this way. And I kind of like, you know, just from my background of where I came from, if I, my parents said, we've always done it this way, I would have still be in Ethiopia. Uh, so that to me was like, I'd oh, no, no, I can't, oh, like, no, I can't didn't. be. Oh, no, you didn't. I can't. I can't. You know what I mean, yeah, right? No, like, I absolutely in not in mean. professional setting. And it's not like it becomes my core value, right? Yeah. Like as a person, as a professional that I provide my time in my life to a company for a period of time. I have to share sort of some core values there. And for me, it had happened to be like, I don't want to be in an environment where it reminds me too much of home. One, one, <laughs> other, one other angle, I'll just add this dimension to it, because it's not only internal politics. Like, I think we all agree that the internal politics oh, yeah. within organizations are bad enough. Yes. And just trying to get people to move and change and, like, do anything. I mean, it's really hard. It really is, and, yeah. And they're just, a lot of people are just kind of standing around waiting. Um, but the other thing to think about in this conversation is the vendors themselves, especially for major accounts, are fighting and competing directly with each other, yeah. not in an integrated way. It's yes. not, yeah. so, so for example, just to be, you know, to pick an example from my life is like Microsoft and Tableau are yeah. huge competitors. Yeah. And the idea that we'll necessarily collaborate within an account on a project is probably pretty low. So yeah. you have this yeah. competitive thing. And so it's all this political mess that is IT today. Yeah. Okay. And the CIO, I think, is probably the person that understands what Tableau's saying, what Microsoft's Correct. saying, what those and guys are saying, and then works with consultants and teams. It's very psychological, I think, yeah. ultimately. It really is. So in no. that content, let's say like the company is sort of uh, on a Microsoft platform, like most of giant companies are, and then in a way they do want to implement data visualization that is Tableau, and maybe they want to bring that in so you, sort of they can showcase their yeah. their themselves to the customers. Now, how can you get these two competing companies to work for yeah, me? Yeah, like so there's uh, gaming vendors, of there's so gaming of that as well. So a quick quick story, like with one with a very significant account um, that I've been associated with, they. The accounts will, the, basically, you know, the buyer, the customer person who doesn't have to be the CIO, but for all intents and purposes, they're probably the CIO of their particular group or area or whatever. It's the, it's the decider or the most powerful person. They might not be the person that writes the check ultimately, but they're the henchman, you know, kind of level two type of stuff. And um, they'll, they'll, they play the game of like the vendors are there and the vendors want to sell them stuff and, and all that. And so there's a lot of ask for basically free service, free help. 
etc. So there's a lot of abuse essentially that the, happens the from CIA, the CIO is working the vendor. That's the place yes. where they're, the that's vendor. the place where they're focused. Yes. Oh yeah, now, a lot of things are coming production. together for that's me. That's the cost okay. cost reduction thing. Yeah, is they're playing that game. They already know that they're in for you know millions of dollars on these things, and the vendors are there with them, and so they have a lot of power and leverage to like abuse vendors and cut corners and this and that and the other thing, but they're still trying to manage projects and get things done. And so mm-hmm. are the vendors. And, and then from the vendor, you know, uh, or not from the vendor perspective, but thinking about the vendors, um, one of the things that I ran into a lot specifically in the, in the marketing world was that every vendor is selling the devless paradise. Yes, right, like, yeah. if, you, if you buy our product, you'll <laughs> yeah. never need an engineer again. The yeah, marketer right. can do it themselves. Oh, sure. And our analytics are baked in. Now, the reality <laughs> of the situation is that, technically speaking, the marketer can go in and do what they need to do. Yeah. Will they do it correctly? That's Will they do it in a systemic fashion that doesn't turn into a complete disaster within six months to a year? Yeah. Right? Those questions are not are unanswered. And then the next, of like... The 80-20 principle, I think, you know, amateur is the classic for this, and that they're not, they're not alone, yeah. in that, you know, you set up, you know, site catalyst, and you set up your tagging, and it's going to handle 80% of your problems really effectively. But the, yeah. the, the next level of depth, that 20%, yeah. that, like, actually probably takes 80% of the time yeah. when you really get into it, it can it's go effectively through, yeah. not available. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes, like, you've heard about the 80-20 concept, yeah. right? So you sort of, you know, you missed in, in technology world or in just the new market we're in, Say you you reached your eighty percent. You've got everything else you needed. If that twenty percent is the brain, yep, that's kind no, of and, like and where I, you go down. I've often, as a consultant, ended up called in not when they've maxed out the eighty percent, and then they're like, "How do we get to the next level of depth?" depth. But after they've maxed it out and made a horrible attempt at getting to the next level yeah. of depth and destroyed the first thing that they had as well, that's when I've gotten called in and yeah, consulting. So yeah, And then you know, but another thing about tools, when you talk about getting people to switch tools, you know, getting oh, away man. from the vendor um, and away from the a little bit away from the CIO and and into the people itself. You know, my because I've. You know, what I've mostly done in my career is gotten data to people, right? That's been the focus. And yeah. lots of other stuff around it, too. And maybe, maybe you know, et cetera. But um, <clears throat> what I've decided very early on was whatever tool that person needs, like, I need to support it. Yes, right? So yes. the engineers would always hate Excel. I don't want to support Excel. And I'm like, you have to. Because <laughs> if you don't, they're going to use it and it's going to be Excel. Yes. Right. And they're going to store all their data in Excel. Yep, and if you yep. don't, if you don't actively support them, yeah, totally. Like you have to act, you know, I'm like, whatever tools. Are, and I also, you know, went early on in me. the, yeah, totally. <laughs> I got one right here. You're talking about yeah. me. And, you know, with the, um, the early data scientists, uh, you know, the more from the stats perspective, you know, they had their old school tools that they wanted to use. And like, yeah. I was, I mean, I just, I didn't even have to ask, would you like to use, use a new tool? I talked to them for like, I knew them, we, you know, we were on the same, and I was like, mm-hmm. yes, obviously you need to stay right here. You're, you're a lot of times you're talking about people that are kind of fastidious yeah. and 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 uh, obsessive in, in in an appropriate way, yeah. and then you ask them to change a tool and the CIM yeah. is we're all going in this direction. You've thrown everyone's world. Yeah. Correct. Like it's you know? just think about it. Like for me, it's internal ex- uh, customers, right? If you're the information leader of some kind, you have to sell this new information that's going to make your business more money, more efficient, faster, expand more to your own workers. Yeah. And you have to sort of, because you are yeah. disrupting their way of doing things because yeah. they've always done it this way or they've always done it that way. So you're kind of having to sell the same, like the product everyone should do, use it or need to use it. But you have to sort of sell them back and say, this is what this can do for you. Yeah. And like, from my experience, for me, people are selfish. People are self-centered. If they can benefit from it, 
And that's when they sort of, their eyes open up and their ears, you know, it has ready to, be, to hear what you have yeah, to say. And it has to be applications and applied. And that's, that's my big theory and theme as well is I used to, when I first started working at Siemens in 2000, when I graduated, my only skill set was to make basically web applications. Like I knew how to make databases and I knew how to make web crap for people. Okay. Connect web and to database. Way, yeah, it was just like the only idea was like, you got data? Like I can put it on the web. And that was like all I knew how to do. But to Kafaya's point, the real issue that people have is that they have pain and it's hard and their jobs suck and they hate all that stuff. And so there's nothing at all that's exciting about the internet yeah. or any technology or anything to anybody in business unless it solves a problem for them, for unless them. Yep. it's real. And so I think that's an example of what one of the jobs of the CIO is, is to help everybody that's trying to use technology, use technology to solve problems and not create more than you. Than yeah, you, and kind you know. of like it's people aspect of it, things, because you are like as a vendor, Tableau is selling product to someone someone who needs the product and maybe don't, haven't even realized how awesome or cool it is if that's what the concept they're trying to sell. It's the same you know, for Microsoft. So everyone is eventually selling a product for mass to use it. So it's the same for the company. If you're trying to bring in new tools, you are eventually selling that to your own team. Like you said, some of them are like exhausted people. Like, I just need to do this the way I know it. I don't want to like really go back to learning anything. So just creating this kind of self-centered approach to it and say, yeah. get out of your comfort zone and see how can you, how can you make it work for the population you have for the, you know, for the culture you've created. Cause some of these companies are sort of, they are at fault for creating a culture where new things don't come in. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So um, we'll wrap it up at that. So this, this was a conversation about the role of the CIO. And I think uh, reflecting on the series, the CIO is, is basically looking at the, business intelligence and the data aspect like that's the purpose of all these things is ultimately data knowledge insight etc so you can do business better and then the distributed systems is basically the method and the way by which they do it and then they have other tools and whatnot that they need to uh, apply to all these problems and then it gets into all these political and economic issues of buying big systems and you know the wars between Linux and Windows and and uh, Android and and iOS. Got to take a side. I mean, you know what I mean? Like so, it's a religious it really war, is. and they're it at the really center is. of the religious war, and so yeah. they have to be on both sides and yeah. whatnot Choose as a facilitator. Your team wisely. Yep. So, uh, thanks to Dave Denoya, uh, Don Alvarez, and Kafaya Dawood, and uh, this has been a conversation about informa- managing information technology. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we will uh, talk to you soon. You've been listening to the AppsJack podcast. The creator and host of this podcast is Eric Veal. It was recorded, engineered, and produced by Christian Harris. You can contact us and find all our show notes on our website at appsjack.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. If you like what you hear on this podcast, let us know by writing us a very nice five-star review on iTunes and subscribing. You can also find out more by going to appsjack.com meetup to get more information on this month's topic in the corresponding meetup group that Eric hosts in Bellevue, Washington each month. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next month for our next episode of the Abstract Podcast. This has been a Seatown Media production. Find out more at seatownmedia.com, S-E-A hyphen townmedia.com.